Yo, what's going on, Buy and Build fam? It's Gerald here. I know a lot of you out there are looking to improve your business, and there's no more cost-effective way than with terrific customer support. Our friend and guest of the show, Spencer Scott, is the man behind Median. Median is a new type of screen share software that allows you to interact with every person on your website in real time. It's like Zoom or Google Meet, except it gets installed right on your website, so there's no need to send any invite codes, downloads, or installs. As customers visit your website, all they have to do is click and join the session. Yes, it is as easy as that. Friends of the show, you get a special discount. Spencer and Median are offering 20% off for life to all listeners. Use the code buy and build, all one word. Again, that's buy and build. Click on the link in the description for more details and get your free trial today. Welcome to Buy and Build, the podcast about buying a business and building in public. Uncover the wins and losses as we renovate our business together. Come along for the ride. Now, here are your hosts of Buy and Build, Nicholas Scalp and Daryl Lim. So really appreciate you coming on the call here today, Spencer. You know, we all met together here in the MicroAcquire Facebook group, and we're just doing some interviews with different people who bought a business and wanted to build it up. And you're one of the first people to volunteer. We really appreciate that. That's awesome. Maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't miss it. <laughs> uh, my name's Spencer Scott. I live here in Dallas. I'm from Michigan originally. And I'm 30 years old. <laughs> I don't really know where to go. But yeah, I mean, I, I moved, graduated from Central Michigan University. I moved down to Dallas in 2014. Did a couple jobs here in Dallas. Ended up uh, working for Vonage Business. I ran uh, sales for Vonage Business as like an account executive. Eventually got three or four promotions, worked my way up to like enterprise sales. And then from there, I started a software company called Loop, which is short for lookupdatabase.com. And from there, that was about 2017, I left Vonage to grow Loop and I took a consulting job for an MSP. So basically it was uh, do consulting and grow Loop. I did that for three years. And then in 2020, I quit working for the MSP and went full-time on Loop. And that's when I found out about, and Andrew Gazdecki will probably appreciate this. I found out about MicroAcquire. And so I found out about MicroAcquire because I was on Product Hunt and Product Hunt said that all startup bootstrappers go to Indie Hackers. <laughs> so I was on IndieHackers.com kind of doing like the whole endless scroll trying to interact with cool people and I saw a guy who was like yeah I just sold my company that had no revenue for 15 no's and no I forget the title of the article you know it's typical clickbait article but like I'm a sucker for all clickbait because I think clickbait is good marketing and it said something to the effect of I sold my no code company for twenty thousand dollars with zero revenue or something like that and I'm like, oh, sweet. So that's the most clickbait title ever. So I click it. And this guy basically had created a subscriber list using Airtable. And like he gave you like the first three or four slides of Airtable of this tool or list that he built. And if you wanted to unlock all the others, you had to subscribe. So he 
kind of built like a pretty good sized subscriber list. I forget what the industry or niche was. And he posted that on MicroAcquire and sold it for 15000 or $20,000. And I remember thinking like, I'm doing stuff way harder than this. And this guy is making 15, 20 grand in a couple of months. Like I'm doing something wrong. And that's when I learned about MicroAcquire. So I went over there. This was the early days of MicroAcquire. I say that, you know, a lot has changed, but it used to be free. <laughs> and when I signed up and joined, there was like five listings, maybe 10 at max. I think there was like five or six. And like the first couple of weeks, like I would just pop on there and see what was available. I wasn't really looking to buy a business. What I was more or less doing is just seeing what's available. And I was kind of interested. I was a tire kicker. Like I bet you Andrew would look, you know, as soon as he put that revenue thing on there or like you paid subscriber thing, I bet you that was because there was a bunch of me on there. People who were just like, do you know what, do you know what year this was? Yeah, this is 2020. This is probably like Feb, January, February timeframe, I would say. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was free and I was a tire kicker. I was like clicking and learn more on not everyone, but like the stuff that I thought would pair good with loop. I wasn't looking to buy a business. I didn't want like another distraction. I wanted to just keep scaling loop. By the way, you asked for an intro and then I just kind of went into story time. So. <laughs> oh, it's all good. We want to hear about you. I mean, the point of this podcast is to get to know the different backgrounds of everybody sure. who's buying a business or thinking about buying a business. And I think that's what makes us all different because we all come from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So it can be anybody like you come from a sales background. I come from a sales background too. Nick comes from a developer background, mm -hmm. but he was a lobbyist before. So he has a little bit of sales too. So I think that's just the most important part. Like we're trying to get yeah. that story out there to let everyone know, Hey, everyone's story is different, but mm -hmm. you can still buy a business and do something with it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's basically, yeah, I mean, the backstory, that's how I found MicroAcquire. And like I said, there wasn't that many listings. And then I clicked on their listing at the time, Derek, who was the CEO, super cool guy, added me. I reached out to him and then did like a demo. He showed me like a demo and kind of explained the software. And that's when, I don't know, I, like it was like steroids or something like crack for me. I was like, this is insane. I'm like, I didn't know this existed. And I would stay up at night thinking about it. And I was just blown away. It was one of those things where I was like, how is this not bigger kind of thing. And so they basically had pitched the company I acquired. It's called Median Cobras. The website is hellomedian.com. They built it, started building it in 2017. At the time of the acquisition, it was doing under six figures. But Derek and Ben had made some pretty good change in that amount of time, not to put their business out there, but the uh, reoccurring revenue was in the ballpark of that six figure number. But the actual revenue in 2018 and 2019 was in the seven figures. So it's actually, you know, that, that was kind of the concept there. Nick, are you in uh, Vancouver? Me? No, I'm in San Francisco. Daryl, are you in Vancouver? I'm in Vancouver. So you see me on drawing on the screen, I go to the median tab. Not to get sidetracked here, but I know this is <laughs> one, of, one of you guys popped on. So here's the oh. two. I'm on your website right now. Is that what you mean? Oh, yeah, I can see it. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, why is this scrolling back and forth? 
Yeah, so this, that initial reaction that you just had is like the same shock I had. So basically what median is, for those of you who are listening to this who don't really know, and I know that part will be a little weird because we just jumped around, but median is screen share like Zoom or Google Meet like we're on right now, except instead of loading it onto your PC, you load it onto your website. And that's kind of a mind twist for some people because when you, hey, Daryl, let's stay at the top, okay? Oh, sorry. I didn't even know I moved. Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it's confusing for people and kind of has a shot. I was just messing with you, Daryl. You could scroll around. Um, <laughs> but it has a shock value for people because what ends up happening is when you load onto the website, you're actually loading into a, a screen share session. Huh. And so instead of launching Zoom like we had to do or launching Google Meet, Basically, what ends up, what you're left with is in our admin portal, a list of all the people who are actively on your website in real time. Now that could be two people or in the case of some of our bigger customers, that could be 10,000 people at one given point. And so at any point, you can basically find the person that you want to interact with via our live dashboard or a phone code or a chat integration and you can join their screen share. So if I'm chatting with you and you have an issue, I can say, let me take a look. And, and that's kind of the con consensus. It's like Zoom or Google Meet, but instead of sending video back and forth, what it's doing is it's sending HTML and CSS code via WebSocket. So it's actually faster than like Zoom or Google Meet. So anyways, they showed me that software and I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I did not know this existed. And they're like, yeah, it exists. And here's like our list of our companies, which like, I'm not allowed to say two of them, but huge, like huge. And I was like, <laughs> because of NDA reasons, I was like, holy smokes. I was like, all right. So now, you know, I don't know if they're just really good sales guys. And Derek, if you listen to this, you're the best sales guy ever. <laughs> and I was like, I have to buy this company, even though I wasn't in the market of buying companies. And I think the only reason that I was able to really pull this off is I have rich friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that that sounded really douchey, and I'm sorry for that. <laughs> Basically, let's call them investors, okay? Yeah, <laughs> let's call them that. No, so coming up till now, like Loop had done a bunch of revenue. I had done uh, a bunch of revenue with consulting gig at this company. And so I, I had cash on hand, not enough to cover the purchase price. And so with that being said, I'm kind of like a guy with ADD, I would say. And I just said like, that's self-diagnosed, but I see something and I kind of just run that way. And so, and that's what happened in the case of median, but that's what happens in the case of a lot of stuff. So like I have um, a couple rental properties and I've bought rental houses and I sit on those. And so I kind of treated this, I think a little different than most people would. I went to the people I do rental houses with who you know, have, I have a successful track record with in terms of financing and said, Hey, look at, I have this really cool opportunity here. Um, and I just more or less treated it like a rental property. I said, this is what it does. This is how much it makes. This is if we finance it at this rate, like it will be cash flow positive day one when we buy it. And I sat down. In fact, I had planned on sitting down with a bunch of them, but the first person I sat down with was like, I'll do the whole thing. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I did, I had tried to apply for an SBA loan 
but I didn't have enough revenue in terms of, I had enough revenue for the loan, but I didn't have two years of proof that revenue was in existence. So the SBA or, and I only really went to two banks to try and get it. So that didn't work. And so I turned to these guys, this particular person and he goes, no problem. So we just did, I guess you would call it like kind of like a shark tank style deal, which is a little different than I think most people would do it. But I have a bunch of business with him already in terms of like rental Mm -hmm. houses and things like that. And I'm already paying him. So that's basically just kind of how it all went down. I think like I was the epitome of a tire kicker inside of micro acquire until like I saw this pop up and then I'm like, oh my God, I got to have it. And then it was like, how can I figure out the financing? So you know, again, if Derek and Ben, who are the founders, are listening to this, they probably wouldn't be super happy because I had them sign the LOI, I think it was, yeah, the LOI, and I had no no clue how I was going to finance it. I just knew I wanted the company. Yeah. They got all their money. So, so they're probably not that disappointed, but, you know, some stuff, like, I was new to the whole, there's a whole bunch, like, I'm giving you kind of the high level. There's like a whole bunch of stuff that went down in the process, but I have like a newfound appreciation now for when like a real estate agent asked for proof of funds because they, <laughs> they kind of just believed me and I pulled through with no hesitation, right? Like they didn't know any of what was going on in the background. They got the checks on the day that they were supposed to be delivered. But, you know, yeah. on my side, it was, uh, makes, you know, a little bit of a rocky road. So what I got from that is one, you're a good salesman because you equated the whole situation with, Hey, this is like a real estate property. (laughs) Like you're investing in another real estate property. And I love that. That's what you need to do. And the other thing is like the people that you talk to in terms of investors, like there's a lot of people out there who want to be investors who want to get involved, but don't know about this world. And I think you actually did a good thing for this person by partnering up with them because that diversifies their portfolio. They get to get into something different and something that is in your wheelhouse, something you want to learn and you're passionate about. And that's what brings the, the business to the next level. It's yeah. those different experiences between those different parties. Yeah, he, yeah, he's fired up about it. Like he's fired up to the point where he has, he has us meet once a week, just so he can get updates. You know, he's not involved in the business. He has no clue how the technology works, but you know, he's just excited about being involved. Yeah, yeah. that's good. So kind of, I mean, like, kind of going, yeah, go ahead, Nick. I was gonna say going from there, I'm, I'm curious what the, the day-to-day looks like there. You know, you have your other business, you got mm. rental properties. How do you plan around breaking Whew, that? It's <laughs> rough. It's rough. So that's a great question. I spend most, my other company, my other software company kind of is on autopilot to some extent, you know, does multiple six figures and I was able to get it to a steady point. And now that you say that, Nick, like I'm actually in the process of hiring some salespeople and I want to basically put somebody in charge to run that and grow it. I think there's like steps of entrepreneurship. And don't listen to me on any of this, but I'm going to say it anyways, because I'm figuring it out as I go. There's like, you work for someone. This is what I've learned. And I'm giving you the context of why we're hiring or why I'm trying to hire. You basically work for someone and then like you're, and you're trading time for money and you want to get out of that. Or at least that was my experience. And so like to get out of it, it took me three years and I started, you know, a loop. 
And then once you start running loop, you have this level of freedom where you can do anything you want. But at the same time, if you decide to take a day off, like you're hurting yourself, you're not hurting anybody else. Like it's all the responsibilities on you. And so recently I took a trip to Florida with my family. And when we were there, like I would spend like the first two, three, four hours of the day, just like making sure everything was fine with loop. And I remember thinking like, this is awesome that I can just pick up and go to Florida and not have anyone, any responsibilities, but this sucks that like my two-year-old son and two-week-old son are down or two-month-old son are down at the beach and I'm in this room, you know, working on this. So that step two of like my personal entrepreneurship journey was like, all right, like I'm technically still an employee <laughs> and even though I own the company, like I'm working when I wish I, I didn't have to. So there's enough revenue in the business where I can hire and that's what I'm, I'm trying to do um, with that one. So the, the goal is to get that off of my plate so I can spend more time on Median. What's interesting about Median and the other reason I bought it was I think this is, here comes my sales pitch, Daryl, so buckle up. I think this is just going to be a standard with all websites in the next five years. I think what's going to happen is like Webflow and Wix and Squarespace and WordPress are going to have just plugins that could arguably be maybe free someday where you have this service and it's just installed. I think it's just going to be installed on every website probably in the next five years. I think we're a little early on in the process here, but I think it's a land grab. So what to keep going on that question, Nick, sorry that I'm rambling, is I'm trying my hardest to grab as much market share as I can with media. And so I would say majority of my day is around that and figuring out, like I wrote down a goal to do a mill in revenue in the next 12 months. I, In my head, I don't think it's attainable, but we'll see. <laughs> we're nowhere close. Like we've got to basically 10x to get to that. But you know, Grant Cardone would tell me I could do it. <laughs> hey, you got to have lofty goals. If you don't set the goals, how can you aspire to get to it? Right. So, yeah. I mean, that's just how it works. I mean, maybe that's the sales guy in me, but you know, yeah. <laughs> you got to reach for the stars, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, I wrote down a goal for a loop last year that I thought was unattainable and we've blew it out and i was like what the hell i'm like so i don't understand is this a magic pen like anything i write down happens like i just started writing ridiculous stuff down this, this year <laughs> and i wish i was kidding like i was like whatever what else do i want <laughs> just write it down <laughs> i wrote down that goal and i try to keep telling people it so like i know like my north star i know that maybe sounds scummy in the sense it's like a revenue number but you know, obviously like the goal is to provide the best service possible to get to that revenue number. So I want my customers yeah. to be happy. Yeah. So now revenue that... is just the proxy for success, right? Yeah. I mean, I want to be able to hire more people and help more people and do more cool stuff. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do. So, you know, you have these lofty goals and you want to get to a certain point. What's your strategy? Like, how do you intend on growing it to that point? Oh, dude. Give us your magic pen. And I write wrote it down, book. dude. You weren't supposed to ask a follow-up question. I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, so I've never grown to a mill. And if somebody's listening to this and they have grown to a mill and they've got any advice, please email me. Spencer at Hello Median. I've talked to a lot. That's kind of the two senses of it. And everyone gives you like a different flavor. I've been kind of like a bull nose sales guy my whole life, meaning brute force stuff in. 
I would say not good marketing strategies. Let's just say it. Let's just call it for what it is. Like literally cold call and cold email people until you, that's how I got looped to that number that I was going for. I don't think that works to a mill here. So I've got kind of a, th a three-pronged strategy that we're in the process of deploying. I'll tell you a little nugget that I guess this week can be considered marketing as well. One of our first steps to working towards that goal is we're doing an app sumo deal and you are the first person to hear about it. <laughs> well, hopefully this is uh, reporting properly. So then we have <laughs> Yeah, I hope that nothing changes. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm getting nervous that I just told you, but I've been spending all day like filling out all their marketing material and working with their team in Slack. And, and they basically say with those deals that they'll do anywhere from a core, like a low number with AppSumo. You guys might find this interesting. They obviously have a vetting process. They have, so couple things. They just released a marketplace where you don't have to be vetted and the re where you can basically just have an app and go in there and become an AppSumo deal. They just don't market it. And they just released that, I think the end of beginning of this year, but for the last 10 years or however long they've been in business, they would basically vet out business deals, opportunities. I think we just lost Daryl maybe, but they basically vet out business opportunities. And then if they think it could be a good promotion, they'll let you in. And so we went through the vetting period and we got in and they basically said, and again, I don't, I don't know if this should be repeated or not, but they said that a normal, not a popular deal. They basically said that a deal that goes through AppSumo will do anywhere from a quarter mil to a mil. That's like the swing from like the good yeah. do deals will do like a mill in revenue and then the bad deals will do like a quarter mill in revenue and i mean they've got a huge subscriber base so they basically told me like that's the window i should look for so we're excited about that and i think that'll be a good way to jump to answer Daryl's question to like jump start the sales on that so part of our sales strategy is basic basically it's a three-pronged approach partnerships, which is like the AppSumo stuff. We have 12 different chat integrations like Intercom, Drift, Live Chat, Talk To, basically every chat tool ever invented, like we have an API with them. So I want to try and reach out to them and see if we can do like some webinars or something. Haven't really gotten anywhere with that yet. We've also been approached by InContact and Vonage and what's the other call center? Genesis to build apps for their marketplace. I was super excited when they reached out. I'm like, oh, this is like the most legit thing ever. But like, <laughs> we've got to spend a bunch of money on development resources to build apps into their marketplace. They guarantee no business. And it's just good visibility into the enterprise customer base that are paying for their tools. So partnerships. The second one is basically my bread and butter, which is brute force outreach. I'll explain that one. I think you guys will appreciate, this is probably what I'm most passionate about because I can control it. And that's just cold email. And so I have a list of our perfect customers. They just don't know we exist yet. And then the last one is paid advertising. So partnerships, direct email and paid advertising. Man, I'm really good at taking like a really small question and we're like <laughs> stretching it out. No, I, I love the details. Love letting you explain all of that because you know what? All the things that you mentioned in your growth strategy, we're doing the same thing. Yeah. So those things kind of align. Like we have, you know, same thing. Like we have partnerships in the pipe. We're potentially like it's quite big. Like we're still working on it and figuring out the details. Paid advertising, have experience doing that and marketing 
for Facebook, Instagram ads, yeah. Google ads. And then we just rolled out yeah. like a direct email campaign. So it's, you know, we're aligned in what we're thinking. And obviously if we're both aligned yeah. in what we're thinking, it must be the right strategy. <laughs> yeah. If you write it, <laughs> did you write it down? Uh, let me get a pen. No, just because some people have the same idea. I mean, I don't know. I think uh, the execution, I think, you know, I, I downloaded like the mint Noah Kagan did like a breakdown on how he grew mint like in the early days. So I downloaded that. Like, I've read a ton of stuff and and they give you like action items, but none of it is really like the stern. Like basically what I see, there's not like a hey, do this and you'll get this, right? And I, that's always challenging as an entrepreneur because people will write down stuff like I referred to earlier, where it's like, oh, we made. 25 bazillion dollars writing no code and uh, we sprinkled fairy dust and you know now I'm a millionaire like I just saw yeah, yeah anyways so that that's where like yeah, I'm trying to figure out what works and I try to talk to as many people as I can I had a consultant that I didn't end up hiring tell me like the fastest way to grow in a business is partnerships that he kind of called me stupid for the direct outreach idea he was like, dude, you, you're going to, let's say you email 4 million people this year. Like how much, which is an insane number, by the way. He's like, how many of those do you think sign up? And, and he's like, think about it. You could do one webinar with Intercom. If you can pull it off, like you gotta, I gotta make it a win-win for them somehow. But if I could pull off like a webinar or something, you know, that could be a thousand users right there or a thousand different logos or whatever. So I like his feedback. I think it just, it takes more finessing and it's something I've never done before. Yeah. So my, my question there is, you know, you mentioned, you know, having consultant, what's the, the approach you're going for trying to, you know, hit those angles that you're not, you know, used to not good at, like you mentioned marketing is not really your thing. You're more like brute force there. Are yeah. you trying to bring on a team for marketing or are you trying to learn it yourself and go? I'm about trying it? to learn it as so. I'm a one man shop over here. As far as like day to day, I have a developer in, I think Malaysia might be in the Philippines. I'm really bad at geography. Those could be the same place. And I have a team of 10 developers in India. And then I have a U.S. based AWS engineer, but as far as like growing the business and support and stuff like that, I've outsourced some of the work on that front, but like, it's basically me. Yeah. I mean. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. What was that question again? Yeah, I mean, just what's the the thinking there? Do you, you know, you said it's it's just you right now. Do you have plans to, you know, yeah, to get a certain threshold? So yeah, that's what that's why I want to hit the revenue numbers, and I don't think I'll bring on a pro. I kind of want to your point or question. I want to figure it out myself. You know, that might be a poor way of thinking, but I can't afford the other side right now. And it's, in, I find it interesting that like a lot of people who like sell services, they don't, there is no, or at least that I've seen, and I understand why they do this, but there's no ROI based marketing strategies with a lot of these companies, if that makes sense. Like the consultant, he was like, this is going to be $30,000. And I'm like, bro, no. Like, like, you know, you didn't ask how much money we make or even have. I don't know how I even got on this call with you because we're not even <laughs> in the same atmosphere. And then like, I talked to an email marketing kid who, you know, has a good track record, but none, I just, you know, I think everyone wants an ROI based system, but then that like really puts the onus on them. 
in terms of, well, it's based on your performance and no one wants to do that. And the companies that I have seen that want to do it, I'll give you an example. I worked with a company in the past called Common Thread Collective. They do e-commerce marketing for like brands. And I used to do some consulting for a fishing lure brand. They do, they'll do ROI based marketing based on your ad spend. And then they try to get as much ROI for you to increase your ad spend. It was like 10% of your ad spend. And the, the interesting part there is they won't take you out unless you're doing 10 grand in ad spend a month. So I get that, but I love that business model. I think they, they stand behind their work, but like people like me who have no revenue or not enough revenue to, you know, dump into it, that doesn't necessarily work. So, yeah. I, you know, of the two, of the three kind of triggers, I think partnerships and paid advertising are the best in terms of scale, right? If I can get ever two or three dollars for every dollar I spend on paid advertising, I will freaking give you my house and my firstborn to take it to the next level as long as I know that I can do that. The problem is I've already spent a couple thousand on Facebook and Instagram, and it wasn't it. And when I say it wasn't it, like it probably was me and the targeting and the, there's just so many variables. So, so many variables, like you, like I've known to do Facebook and Instagram ads for the last five, six years, and I'm still learning. There's so many things yeah. in intricacies, like your copywriting, your actual ad itself, the click through, it the goes creative, through like you need like good everything. creative, you need, if you do like at this point, like with Facebook and Instagram, people are so numb that you have to do video. So if you don't do video and then you need like good video. <laughs> so it's, man, it's, it's brutal. So frankly, what I'm doing right now is we're working on the partnerships. We're actually in the process. I hired a developer to add a new feature that should do two things. The new feature we're adding, which I'm super excited about, should be done. It should be done by the end of this month. Probably won't ship it till next month is video. So I don't know if you know this, but WebRTC allows you to do voice and video with no install. And so we're in the process of a partnership that'll allow us to not only take full control of your screen or interact with you on our website, but just like we're in the Zoom meeting, I'll be able to pop my video onto the page and be like, hey, how can I help you? So I'll basically give like an in-person experience on your website for like people shopping, whether it's with software and they need support. We have a handful of e-commerce. We've got like a publicly traded e-commerce brand that uses us to help their customers check out. And so we've been asked for voice and video, actually been asked for voice. We added the video because we thought it'd be cool. And then that'll help us get into some of these call center partnerships too. So pretty excited about that. But I don't know if that just you know, equals revenue. <laughs> Pretty sure it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Like, yeah, it's testing. It's always testing, just checking out what's working, what's not. That's how Facebook and Instagram ads work too, right? Like so many different audiences and different ad sets. Yeah. And then you narrow and you scale. So it's, it's not wrong what you're doing. That's what you're supposed to do is to test these yeah. perfect stuff. There is a perfect storm, but you're not going to get it right away unless you're like, you got that magic pen. Uh, you know, and everyone tells you that their way is the best. That's probably wears you out a little bit. Like the email kid was like, dude, if you're not doing email and like LinkedIn automation, he goes, you're leaving money on the table. Then I'm in like, you guys know who um, Alex Becker is? It's like it a sounds familiar. Guy. He's like a YouTube <laughs> marketing guy. 
Do you do the book on the third door or something? Like, he I, I basically heard. is like a, I, I'm going to pigeonhole him a little bit, but he's like probably one of the best at like YouTube ads. And so I'm in a, like a YouTube ads kind of Facebook group with him. And he's, if you're not doing YouTube ads, if you're not spending 50 grand a month on YouTube ads, he goes, you're literally wasting time and my, like money and my time. And I'm like, so I got to figure out YouTube and the guys, you got to figure out email. <laughs> And then, you know, the other dude was like, partnerships are your way to a mill. And I'm like, dude, so here's a strategy that I'm deploying right now that I'm super passionate about, but it's, we'll see if it pays off. We integrate with 12 of these chat tools, right? Are you guys familiar with builtwith.com? I'm not, no. No. Dude. Time out right now. Built with is <laughs> the best website on the internet, hands down. If you're a sales guy, I put that caveat in there. Here's what happens built with is like Google, and it tells you what a website is built with. It's that simple. So, what they do is they're like Google in the sense they go out and they crawl every website on the internet and they download their, their code, the publicly available code, HTML, CSS, they download it. And they do that once you get in their directory, they do that every month. Download your website's code, the Wayback Machine. Hmm. Literally just download. And then what they did is they, once they have your code, they built software that identifies pieces of software that you're using on your website. So they know you're on WordPress, they know you're on Wix, they know you're hosting, they know if you're using Salesforce, Zendesk, Zoho. They know if you're using chat, drift, they know everything. Basically, no one writes code in HTML anymore. And even then you can reverse look up the IP address, see who your hosting provider is. You can see who your DNS provider is. You can see who registered the domain. Like basically you can get anything you've ever needed to know about a business from built with right from their site. And here's where it gets tricky. They'll tell you when you installed the app and when you turned off the app, and then because they know which apps you're using, they know how much those apps cost and they'll try and predict your monthly spend each month on like just tele or just on like uh, internet. Like the site is insane. And it all is just they download the data and then they just keep taking the data and they just build more and more logic on top of it where it's like they're using this. So they must be using that. And like it just anyways. So what I did with built with is I went to builtwith.com and I downloaded Basically, I said, show me every single uh, customer in the world that's using, has Intercom installed on their website. So Intercom is a chat tool and I exported a list of 90,000 people there. And then I went to a live chat and then I went to Drift and I started going to some of these chat tools because basically if I look at my customer base, they're all people who use chat. They'll be chatting with somebody and they get tired of asking you know, 20 million questions on, you know, what do you have an issue with or sales, or they'll get tired of asking for screenshots. We integrate with the chat tool. So it's kind of somewhat of an easy sell, right? You can just click on their profile and go into screen share. And since screen share is already running on your website, like there's no install or download. So from intercom, I ran all, let's use the intercom list as an example. I ran all, I dropped the intercom, the 90,000 companies into a tool called Apollo. Apollo.io. Are you guys familiar with that one? No, you got all the tools. Oh dude, this is me just being like trying to figure it out. 
So Apollo is an email tool, basically authentication tool. They can, it has, it scrapes LinkedIn and then it uses AI or AI uses like machine learning to like guess their emails and has 90% accuracy or something like that. Wow. So I dropped the intercom list into Apollo and it, put, it linked to all 90 of those companies. And then in Apollo, what's that? It's our meter. Yeah. Oh, no, good. I got good. So in Apollo, you can basically drop, you could find all the people at those companies. And then I filtered by customer support and then yeah. exported the list. So I got like all their emails and then I dropped it into an email software tool called Lemlist and just started AB testing a bunch of emails Nice. and like sending, you know, a hundred emails a day. <laughs> and that just trying to respond with that. So I'm trying so, to take each one of those approach one step at a time. So are you doing cold emails, but are you like manually writing each one or are you trying to put it in like a mailer? The mailer is called Lemlist. Okay. So I built a landing page that's customized for intercom. And then I put like a, a video link that basically redirects you to the landing page and the email and in the signature. So uh, using our own tool, it's kind of actually really dope because when I email somebody, if they click the link, obviously since we're a screen share tool for your website, I can see them hit the website and then I can watch them interact with the website, which is kind of creepy. And I know it's them because I identified them in the email. So like each person has a custom identifier in their email. So if I send you an email and you open it, it'll say, Daryl, my website is looking at your website and I can watch you scroll through. The closest thing I've heard to something like that is Hotjar. Yeah. Yeah. This is somewhat like Hotjar, but kind of not at all. Like Hotjar is like, I thought they were the same tools and the customers would be the same, but they're not because Hotjar is like for marketing people to see where you're clicking and stuff. Yeah. This is for live support. If you're not constantly watching the site and somebody comes and goes, you never knew they hit the site. We don't track any, so nothing. There's a lot of concerns around security with this type of product, which I can totally understand. We don't, tra none of the data is tracked. So as you hit the site and then leave the site, nothing gets stored to disk. So all, everything is flushed and it was like, you never hit the site. Versus Hotjar will record your clicks and where you look and where you scroll and stuff like that. Nice. So yeah, you told us a lot of information about your business. It sounds really cool. I love, you know. I'm, by the way, I kind of, was that where you wanted to go with this or I didn't? <laughs> no, I yeah. I, you know, like the whole point of this podcast is to get to know uh, the people behind the businesses, why they buy the business, and then more about the business. Because you know, that's something that we didn't really look at at the very beginning in terms of the type of businesses that we're looking at. But, you know, just by opening that door and understanding what your business is about, that could open other people's minds, the listeners' minds. Hey, like, this is a cool type of business. These are the tools that you're using. This yeah. is how you're getting to that next step. And that's what it's about, transparency, right? I, I think so. Like, my beef with everything that I always read and see is they don't tell you how they do it. Like, the... <laughs> The consultant, just like I use magic, the email person, like I, I use magic, like yeah. all of these clickbaity titles. It's I downloaded a podcast the other day and it was like how hot jar drove grew to 4 million in the first year or something. I'm like, 
This isn't, I listen to it and parts of it are helpful, but there's like a lot of it that's just not helpful. So I don't know. We're, we're trying these strategies. If they work, I'm going to try and document them and like just put them out there so other people can use it. But I think it's just like trying to figure it out, man. Yeah. Like we should stay connected for sure. I think there's different things that we can learn from you and you can learn from us. Like I have experience yeah, doing all these different sure. types of ads. So yeah, that's what I, I always feel like trying to give as much value as I can in the experience that I have with other entrepreneurs, because yeah. we're out here on an Island. We're trying to figure things but out. For sure. I find myself joining like all these random groups to just try and connect with like-minded people because sometimes it feels like no one else, like no one else is <laughs> experiencing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why this podcast was built because there's people like us who, you yeah. know, we want to connect with like-minded people who are going through the, the same problems that we're having. Cause like you, you could go to your uh, partner and be like, Hey, I'm going through this or that, but he wouldn't understand it at no, all. No clue. Exactly. No clue. So like you need to go through and talk to people who are similar and offering their businesses. Right. And you know, it's yeah. Like you have a different business, so you'll grow different than I will. And like my other business is completely different. And like that one grew different. So like, it's sometimes not easy for sure. Yeah. I think picking up tips and tricks of what works for some people is like super important. I also think that just trying a million different times, eventually, hopefully I'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, you're oh, pretty, pretty that hurts to say. <laughs> you've been pretty successful so far. And I mean, like in my I world, know. I feel like I've been pretty successful too. And you know, I've hit walls for sure with this business, especially considering yeah. it's like low five figure purchase business. Like you're overhauling everything. And we did it oh, on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Like we're doing it on purpose because we're like, all right, let's see what's under this hood. And this is a scrap junkyard car. Let's build it into something nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to this stuff, man. And I, you know, I saw, and I keep referencing Andrew. He posted the other day on LinkedIn that I saw what I think he posted everywhere. The guy who sold the pet rock. And I see that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, I think that's kind of like a little bit of a testament to like not spend too much time on the product, but there's a bunch of products that die out there just because the marketing and sales is bad. And then there's like companies with, you know, great marketing sales that have crap project products. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that example because I'm like, this dude literally was selling rocks. You know, people sometimes worry about their product being junk and it could be junk. Mine could be junk under the hood. Yours could be junk under the hood. Luke could be junk. Like all of the products could be junk, but like perception is reality. And this dude literally sold rocks to people and made millions. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's people like uh, selling air. Yeah, people... dude, canned air. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I mean, saw that. anything can Use marketing and advertising, right? How about water? Yeah. <laughs> that one sounds bad. <laughs> that one sounds bad if you're listening out of the country, but like... <laughs> Buying bottled water sometimes feels like uh, ridiculous. Like when people are like, oh, my favorite bottled water is this. It's okay, guy. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up close to that point. I <laughs> know. <laughs> no I know. But, uh, you know, let's say six months from now, like where do you envision yourself and where are you at? You know, I really just hope that we could hire some people. So I think it comes back to a revenue number. Like I would love to be able to bring on more people. And I think, you know, that would be a revenue number. So six months, I would love, I mean, I'm going to stick with my goal here. I would love to be doing 
half a mil in six months. And I would love to have um, a salesperson and a full-time developer. And I'll gladly fall into the support role if that needs to happen. Nice. I mean, at least you've got that dialed in. You know what you need to get to. That's the first steps. And then just going through that process and figuring it out. So yeah. get on you. Hopefully something works. Hopefully something breaks through, but we'll see. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time, Spencer. We really appreciate you jumping on. You're like, yeah. you're, you're actually your first guest. Nice. <laughs> first guest nice. of our show. We've Do you got have a, a bunch of people lined up or? Yeah, we've got three or four different people lined up. We actually got Andrew from Microfire coming on. He's jumping on next uh, week and we're going nice. to get that recorded as well. So yeah, we should be able to get a bunch of people who are going through the same process and maybe we can make like a mini group together and we all talk. That about would it. be dope. I kind of feel bad now, like exiting this interview. I felt like I just talked at you guys the whole time. I definitely um, didn't like field questions. So I apologize for that. No, it's all good. You need to talk about it. It's almost therapeutic. And it was. It's, it was. it's for us as well. You know, we learned from yeah. all the things that you're doing and kind of confirm what we're doing as well. So Absolutely. Really appreciate yeah. your time. Yeah. Um, appreciate else, it. Just reach out yeah. everyone Sounds else. Uh, everyone else. We got a Facebook group. We're just starting out. Make sure you join our Facebook group. It talks about buying building. We'll make sure to get Spencer to join. He'll be one of our first members and he can talk about his experiences and I'll be in there with Nick as well. So uh, until next time, thank you very much, everybody. See ya. You can find more episodes and a link to the community of Buy and Build Podcast at buybuildpod.com. Remember to like, rate, and share with your friends on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Join us again next week as we continue our journey. We'll see you in the next one.